Welcome to Lore of the Loch, brought to you by the Any Collective. Come, take a seat by the fire. This week's story is a tale of ghosts and greed. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. In the cross parish Sandy, in the Isles of Orkney, one gentle old lady called Babby Scathaway was dying, and she knew it. All her life she had been very particular about everything, and her death was to be no exception. She called the local howdy wife Black Jock to her house to discuss funeral arrangements. Now, a howdy wife was a midwife, district nurse, and undertaker all rolled into one. Black Jock was a rough woman with very few feminine charms and was so like her father that everyone called her by his name, which often meant the men in town looked her over. Even her own husband married her as a last resort and is rumoured to stray regularly. This is what I want for my funeral. The bakies shall be catering and the local pop band should be playing while I'm lowered into the ground. Mm Mm-hmm. Right you are, Mrs. Cathaway. I shall have that all organized for you. Thank you very much, dear. I'm so glad to have all of this done beforehand. I would have hated for my children to have arranged a funeral while they are grieving. Now, you see that chest of drawers behind you? Uh, yes. In the bottom drawer, you'll find a dress. That is the winding sheet I am to be buried in. Black Jock took out the garment and studied it. The shroud was beautiful, made of the finest silk and richly embroidered. It was something one might see a socialite wear walking the streets of Paris. It's a real nice piece, huh? Very nice. You're very lucky to have such a unique piece. (laughs) Uh, I dreamt of dresses like this when I was still a wee lass. Ah, thank you. It's been in my family going back a couple generations. I wore it to each of my children's weddings. And I'd slip it on any day I needed extra luck. That's why I wanted to be buried in it. I'll need all the luck I can get when I meet our Father in heaven above at the shining gates. Hmm. Do you think it will still fit or shall I try it on just to be sure? No, no. I can see that it will fit just fine. Not long after, Babby Scathaway passed away, peacefully in her sleep. Black Jock set about preparing the body, washing her and dressing her in her fine winding sheet, readying Babby for her journey into the next life. This winding sheet is the finest I've seen in the 34 years I've been preparing the dead. (sighs) I would have loved to have owned something so beautiful. It would certainly give the town a shock. (laughs) Old, ugly, black jock dressed to the nines. (laughs) (sighs) Wouldn't that be nice? Babby's funeral went ahead without a hitch. Food and drink flowed free and fast and Black Jog drank like a beast. The more intoxicated she became, the more she found herself drawn towards Babby's open casket, stroking the soft material of Babby's beautiful silk winding sheet. (sighs) What a waste to put such a fine garment into the earth. What a... What a waste! I bet it would look really good on me. 
The drinking continued long after the burial was done, and Black Jock drank her fair share and then some. After everyone had stumbled homewards, Black Jock, fueled with homemade whiskey and greed, grabbed a spade and set off under the cover of darkness, stumbling towards the Cross Kirk graveyard. It's going to be Mrs. Black Jock's turn to be beautiful. My st- my st- stupid, boring husband will spring to life when he sees me in this. <laughs> and hopefully he'll, he'll finally stop having an eye for all those other women. She dug up Babby's grave and tore the silken winding sheet from her poor, wizened body, leaving her as naked as she had been the day she came into the world. Ah! Isn't it just something? (laughs) And it's all for me. (laughs) She hurriedly filled the grave and rushed home with the stolen winding sheet, which she hid in the bottom of a big chest in her home. Not long after this event, a young apprentice named Aaron Moody was heading home late one night, shivering as he walked along the path. He'd been sent to the outskirts of town on an errand by his housemaster. Unfortunately for him, this meant he had to walk past the creepy Crosskirk graveyard. This graveyard was located right on the edge of a cliff with a sheer drop down and had a reputation for strange happenings, especially after sunset. I wish my feet could take me faster. This place gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, I'd rather be home by the fire. But that was not going to be possible for poor Aaron Moody. For God looked down in anger and a storm churned in the atmosphere. Blue streaks of lightning colored the sky. But not above the Cross Kirk graveyard, which seemed to remain dark and eerily still. Well, I've never seen a thing like that before. The storm seems to have skipped right past me. Huh. Lucky, I guess. No, sorry, Aaron, you're not in luck tonight. For moments later, great pillars of coloured lights as tall as a ship's mast rose from every grave, swaying slightly and shining out like a raging fire. Ah! Please, God, protect and keep me. On top of the pillars of light stood the ghosts of the people who had been buried in the graves below. Some only had one ghost. Others had as many as four. Oh, oh no. Seeing those poor infants taken from life too soon just breaks my heart. All of the ghostly figures began to speak at once, in a wailing that Aaron could not understand. Among their number was one poor spectre who stood there naked and exposed. A few ghosts pointed towards her and shook their heads. Some pitied her and others mocked her. For the dead retain all the vices and nature of their living selves. Wait a minute. Isn't that poor Babby Scathaway? Lord, I was only at her funeral the other day. Why on earth is she stark bollock naked? Babby was searching around her, looking for her stolen winding sheet. Then she slowly turned her creaky, decomposing head towards terrified Aaron Moody. He had heard from stories that his mother would tell that a look from a ghost was enough to turn a good man mad. He didn't wait for Babby's gaze to fix on him. 
Instead, he turned and fled the scene. But, to his horror, this alerted the swarm of ghosts. The ghosts began chasing the frightened young man. Aaron ran as fast as his feet would take him. He turned back to see the rotten faces of long-forgotten acquaintances, which made his skin crawl. He was distracted just long enough to fall clumsily into a nearby ditch. Please, Lord... I'm too young to die. There's so much I still wish to do. Make it stop. Make it stop. Aaron sobbed in the fetal position, hidden in the ditch so the ghosts flew right past him. But they began flying in circles in search of him. He thought to himself, If I can just stay completely still, no one can find me. So he lay there, with his breath held and his muscles clamped. The ghosts continued to circle for quite some time, and Aaron began to pick up on some of their moanings. She stole it! She stole it! Where is that black jock? She stole my winding sheet! I can't enter the next lap without it! Black jock stole her winding sheet? It all makes sense now. Mother always told me ghosts only rise up when they're wronged. Maybe if I can lead the ghosts to her and get them what they want, they'll leave me out of it? Aaron leapt out of the ditch and waved his arms frantically. Hey! Over here! Hey! Ghosties! Over here! And with that, he sprinted off towards Black Jock's house, the ghosts following his scent like the hounds of hell. (laughs) This plan better work. Aaron took the ghosts on a tour of Sandy, over the high cliffs, through the moors and round the deserted village centre until they reached the house of Black Jock. Aaron battered on the door. Uh, Let me in! Let me in! He waited for what felt like a lifetime as the ghosts rapidly closed in on him. So, he ran around the house shouting to be let in when he saw, through a crack in the wall, that Black Jock had drawn a circle on the floor with a steel pin and was sitting in its centre, muttering an incantation. I know what you did. I know you stole the winding sheet. Grave robber. Ah, Who's there? Black Jock crept to the window, hesitantly opened the shutters, and, upon recognising who it was, she ran to the door, opened it, and grabbed Aaron. She pulled him over the threshold before slamming the door shut and sliding five thick steel bolts across it. Uh, um, find a safe spot and start praying. It's the only way to keep the ghouls at bay. Wait, you already know. Yes, you idiot child. They've been coming here every night since the funeral. Aaron saw that every hole in the house had been barricaded and protected with steel. Uh, why don't you just give it back? The poor woman is the only spirit who's in her nakedness. She needs clothes to pass through the spirit world and on to the next. No, I will not give it back. I need it. She doesn't need it anymore. When I wear it, people see me as a woman. All my life, I've followed in my father's footsteps. Perhaps too much. For now, I'm considered by all to be a man myself. Is it a crime to want to be beautiful? For the first time, people opened doors for me, offered to help me with my bags, and even looked at me twice when I walked past. Oh, where is your husband? He ought to be the one dealing with all of... 
this. Uh, he comes home, but seldom. Where is he then? Can't you send for him? Last I heard, he'd taken up residence at the Mackay sisters' new house. It's been a lonely life for the most part, sadly. Oh well, <laughs> what can you do? Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Black Jock. The ghosts were now upon them. They broke against the walls like a wave of malice, crying and roaring in their unearthly tongue. Glass shattered all around them and household items began to take on a life of their own, flying from left to right. The curtains bellowed with a wind so strong that it would knock you right off your feet. Aaron took cover in the corner of the house beneath the window. Black Jock rushed back to her steel circle and began muttering her prayers once more. The ghost of an emaciated child wriggled her way in through a slight crack in the ceiling. She began to descend on Black Jock when she snagged her ankle on a steel pipe. She screamed in pain and flew back into the sky. This seemed to frighten the other ghosts as they all followed her into the light of the moon. Without the ethereal glow of the ghosts and the lightning striking the sky, the little house was brought into complete darkness. Is it over? Are they gone? Shh! Just wait a second. The phantoms returned with even more determination, attacking the house with all their might. Aaron was cowering with fear. With a dreadful rending sound, the barricade over the window was torn away, and what should appear before Aaron's terrified gaze? But Babby Skethaway's ghostly head and long neck stretching in through the opening. With her entrance came a horrific smell of sulfur that filled the air. Where is my winding sheet, Black John? It's cold, cold to lie in the ground, mother naked. I'll drag you back to the earth with me if you do not return my sheet. God looks down on your shame, Black Jock. Babby thrusted her bruised and bony arms through the window and waved them to and fro, grasping at the air as she went. One of her hands struck Aaron on the top of the head, burning deep. Uh, It was said that never again did a hair grow on his head where her three dead fingers had touched. As Aaron writhed in pain, his foot kicked Black Jock, knocking the steel pin from her grasp. Without the protection of the steel, she was now vulnerable to the creature's magic. Babby Skethaway fought her way through the remaining steel around the window and moved towards the frightened grave robber. You will never be beautiful. (laughs) No matter how many winded sheets or dresses you steal from the departed. Now, where is mine? Uh, uh, you you can take any other of my clothes to keep you warm. What use is such a fine dress to you lying six feet under? Uh, uh, I I have a pretty blue frock that would look just darling on you. (laughs) Or or, or maybe you prefer a lace nightgown to aid in your slumber. How dare you, you insulting little brat! Every man on this here earth has the right to be buried in the clothing of their choosing. And you 
Deem yourself worthy of taking that rat away from me? Bobby grabbed her neck with a frozen hand. The cold traveled through Black Jock's veins, locking her in place. Unable to move and barely able to breathe, Black Jock tried to scream for help. Oh, help! Don't hurt me! <coughs> in for pity's sake, do something! Do what? That foul cadaver burnt my scalp! That's Mrs. Cadaver to you. <laughs> Sorry. Mrs. Cadaver, I humbly beg your pardon. Off me, So Aaron took the nearest shard of steel and lunged towards Babby, swinging it wildly. He slashed right through where her heart used to be. But Babby's rage overcame the power of the steel, and it dropped to the floor from his nerveless hand. She did let go of Black Jock's neck, but only to turn around and focus her deadly glare on Aaron. I'm sorry. She told me to. Hmm. Your days on this earth will be over, boy. Aaron backed away quickly. But little did he know that other ghosts had followed Babby in through the window. And so, when he thought he was backing to the doorway, he was really backing into three ghosts whose pasty arms were waiting to wrap him up. Aaron got such a fright he collapsed, hitting his head on a jagged piece of steel and knocking himself out. <laughs> While all this commotion was happening, Black Jock had snuck over to the chest where the winding sheet was hiding. <laughs> There's no more naive apprentices for you to hide behind. Give it to me right now. Oh, meet your maker. The rest of the ghosts closed in on Black Jock and she was now surrounded with no way out. Give it back! Give it back! back. Black Jock grabbed a steel pole and waved it around herself in a desperate attempt at self-defense. Back up! This pole is blessed with holy water and I'm not afraid to use it! You think us unholy? (laughs) We too are children of God. Your weapons do little for you. But look at this piece of steel. It's sharp enough to drive right through your beaten heart. Blackjock slashed the pole through the ghost child and then through a ghost sailor. But when she realized it wasn't having the desired effect, she fumbled the pole and let it fall to the ground. I'm sorry, okay? Take back your damned winding sheet and my curse with it. She opened the wooden chest and the winding sheet leapt into the air in a blue flame and flew straight towards Babby's naked spirit. There you are, my sweet winding sheet. Back where you belong. As for you, Blackjack, an apology simply won't cut it. The ghost sailor struck Black Jock on the back of her head with his telescope, knocking her face first into the ground. The rest of the ghouls rose up and circled Black Jock's body like vultures circling a carcass. Together, they blew the breath of the dead all over her, casting a curse in which Black Jock could not move from where she lay, frozen to the spot. You have reaped what you have sown. Think of this next time you want to steal from the dead. For we are hardly dead at all! <laughs> I promise I'll never steal again! Please let me go! But 
before the ghosts could exact any more revenge, the sun rose and the cock crowed. Oh no, the day is dawning! The ghosts fled back to the graves like a colony of bats returning to their cave. The next day, when her neighbours arrived at the scene, Black Jock's house was little more than a ruin. Aaron was senseless and took a while to recover from the ordeal. But Black Jock remained fixed to the floor, and no matter how many people pulled at her, they could not move her. It took three days, some magic and some blessed water to break the curse. Black Jock did recover, but you can be sure that she avoided the Crosskirk graveyard after dark, and she never dug up another grave for as long as she lived. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to our tale. Come back again next time for another story. Oh, and do remember, your actions may have frightening consequences.